Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Another National Signing Day has come and gone. This year there was no signing of the stars, no wall-to-wall BTN and ESPN coverage. All because 90% of this year's class committed in December. That wasn't the only thing that was different this year. For the first time in Jim Harbaugh's tenure, he didn't pull in a top 10 class. In just a minute, we'll be joined by Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports to discuss that, get his final thoughts on the class, and start looking ahead to the class of 2019. First, a few news and notes to get us started today. Coach B and his team finally solved the Madison Riddle on Sunday, came out red hot on the road, and hung on for an 83-72 win against the Badgers. We now stand at 20-7 overall, 8-5 in the Big Ten. Only four games left, and Wednesday against Iowa, then Sunday against Ohio State, will be the final home games of the season. If it ended today, Michigan would be in the big dance, but it's not over. We need a strong finish to make sure we're in, and at the same time improve our seating. It will be a nail-biter of a finish to the season, rest assured. The same for the women, who just two weeks ago looked like a lock for the NCAAs. Now they've dropped three of the last four, falling over the weekend to Michigan State in East Lansing. They only have two games left, and then the Big Ten Tournament. Once again, Coach Barnes, Arico, and the ladies need a big finish to ensure they are not back in the WNIT this spring. Spring practice will get underway on March 22nd, and Jim Harbaugh says the team is still going to France. Details on that trip are forthcoming. Jim is still interviewing for the 10th assistant coach. Some notable names have interviewed Jim McElwain, Cam Cameron, and others, and Jim said he is close to making a hire. No word yet on whether Shea Patterson will be cleared in time for spring practice either. If you spent any time on the message boards last Wednesday, you know there is a segment of our fan base that is getting edgy. Even though we knew this was going to be a small class and not ranked in the top 10, some fans were more than exasperated when we lost two commits at the last minute and wound up ranked number 21 with this class. Still, we are loaded up for this fall And we all know this, if we win, the recruits will follow. Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports is up next with our February Roundup here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Back with us for our monthly recruiting update on the always busy recruiting scene is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. How goes it, Steve? Good, Mike. Yeah, it's uh, never stops. Uh, that's saying with signing day last week. Uh, here we are already uh, looking at the 2019 guys. Absolutely. And uh, just a, a note that I, I saw yesterday that you reported on 24-7 Sports. We have lost our recruiting coordinator leaving for Washington to become director of player personnel, was that a surprise? I don't know if I'd say it's a surprise, uh, just for the simple fact that director of player personnel is a, a step up from recruiting coordinator. Uh, Patania, good job, really good guy. I'm assuming Michigan would not have wanted to lose him, but kind of just typical, moving up the chain a little bit. I mean, that's a really good position at, at really a, 
you know, Washington, I think, probably one of the more underrated recruiting programs in the country. So a uh, great opportunity for him. Michigan, I don't believe, is going to make any outside hires to replace him. I think they're going to promote a couple guys from within the program and uh, go from there. But <clears throat> just probably wouldn't really call it a surprise, like I said, just for the simple fact it's just, you know, you get a better opportunity that comes along, you, you kind of got to take it. And that's, you know, director of player personnel, Washington, one of the best, you know, spots at one of the best programs in the country. Well, before we talk about this class of 2019, which uh, the staff is hard at work on and starting to take shape, just a, a quick look back at what happened last week, National Signing Day. A lot of Michigan fans, Steve, you know, it seems to me disappointed with the class of 2018. At least those are the emails I get. Ranked number 21 by most services. We know it could have been better. Uh, we lost a few players down the home stretch, but still a lot of good players in this class, Steve. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I guess I I would say it like this. I think a, a Michigan fan is, I think, disappointed is the right word. I think that most just take it, like, way, way, way further than that uh, <laughs> when they talk about how they finished and the class in general. Uh, like I said, I think there's definitely reason to be disappointed, particularly in, uh, you know, what they did in January and February, uh, swinging and missing on three or four guys uh, that they really wanted. But, you know, the bulk of the class was already signed. Those were guys that were evaluated, uh, recruited and offered, and, and verbal commitments accepted in, at a point where, you know, Michigan's not under any obligation to do it unless they really feel strongly about those prospects. So, you know, I think it's a situation where I think a lot of the kids in the class are going to outdo their recruiting ranking. Uh, it's not something new. been saying this for months. Uh, one thing I would add, too, and uh, I posted this on our site a few weeks ago, one thing I noticed this recruiting cycle, at least from our standpoint, which ours would be 24-7, like 80% of Michigan's verbal commitments kept the exact same rating at, from their junior season. There was very little fluctuation in our rankings this year for whatever reason. Uh, you know, and, and I think it's I'd be remiss to say that I, I don't think some of the grades from these Michigan commitments are accurate. Uh, that's not an excuse. That's another thing I've been posting on our board for months, well before these kids ever signed. And uh, so I think there's guys out there like Jemin Green, Hassan Haskins, uh, Sammy Faustin, and uh, and even Ben Van Summeren. I mean, there's like seven or eight guys particularly that, Miles Sims, uh, guys that I don't think maybe were ranked and rated properly by the end of the recruiting cycle. So, that's something I kind of kept in mind with this class. Uh, yeah, I know the ranking was <clears throat> really disappointing. I mean, it's their lowest ranking, I want to say, since 2011 under Rich Rodriguez. It was worse than any class that Brady Hoke had signed. Um, so, you know, I know, also know that these kids are aware of that, and I think there's already a chip on their shoulder. Uh, I think Michigan plans to feed off that chip with some of these kids. Uh, they're aware of what the fans have said and, and how some people feel about you know, how it finished out or, or what the class looks like. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I think they're going to take that right into, you know, whether they enrolled early or whether they enrolled in the summer, they're going to take that right into their first camp. So, uh, yeah, the interesting finish, not what they wanted. But, again, I, I still think overall I think it's a class that Michigan fans will eventually be happy about. Well, we have to move on, and Jim Harbaugh and his staff have already done that, working hard on the class of 2019. Steve, let's take a look at some of the big-time names we are after and get your take on them 
and our chances of reeling some of these kids in. Let's start with uh, Quavaris uh, Crouch, running back, five-star kid from Charlotte, North Carolina. Your take on him? I almost like Crouch is a kid that I'm already like afraid to report on because if you told me, if I you asked me right now, I'd probably say I think Michigan's in a in a pretty good position with him. But then like Alabama is the other school I think that is in a good position with him, and it's like gotten to the point now where when you're talking about a running back that's maybe going to come down to Michigan and Alabama. Michigan has not lucked out in those races. You look at the Najee Harris one especially. Uh, Crouch has been to Michigan's campus. I think his head coach prefers Michigan. Michigan's uh, Jay Harbaugh has been the primary recruiter there. I think he's done a great job on Crouch so far. Uh, Like I said, if he was deciding today, I do think it would be Michigan. But, you know, I think fans even now are not even going to listen to that anymore. So, uh, it's about how they finish it out, but but definitely the top target at running back. And, uh, you know, they signed two for sure, maybe three. I think Michael Barrett's a guy that will eventually get the ball in his hands, too, in the 18 class. Uh, but I do think maybe a no-doubter at running back is one of the bigger needs in the cycle. And, I mean, he's, he's definitely a no-doubter. Uh, he's a bruiser with speed. I mean, he's pretty much – he's not too dissimilar from Najee Harris, actually, for fans that remember his – high school film. So, uh, you know, Clemson, I think, Stanford, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina also involved, but Michigan, Alabama, from everything I've been told for the last few months, uh, seem to kind of be ahead. Eventually, one of these five-star running backs is going to look at Michigan and say, hey, there's an opportunity. I, I know Alabama is Alabama, but when you look at how they are have stockpiled five-star running backs, you'd think sooner or later, hey, maybe we'll get one of these guys. Yeah, I agree. I know one thing Alabama, one way that they approach it that's really intelligent is, well, one, they've put a lot of backs in the NFL, and two, the way they actually kind of go about it the opposite way, which is interesting. I think it's very smart is to say, you know, not only you'll get carries here, but we're not going to also, you're also not going to get run into the ground. You'll be fresh when you're ready to be drafted to play in the NFL, uh, which is interesting because it, that's, I, th- I don't know if that's a newer thing or not, because I look at guys like Trent Richardson and, and he was definitely kind of bruised, you know, beaten down a little bit from all the carries he took while he was at Alabama. But that's how the way they try to use their depth chart to their advantage. Uh, again, I mean, Alabama's, always going to be one of the two or three toughest mm-hmm. schools to recruit against no matter what position. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. Like I said, I think Michigan has some allies in their corner in this one. Uh, but again, probably a kid not going to decide anytime soon. So we'll just have to see how it goes. Well, another kid we hear a lot of talk about is out of St. Louis, Missouri. Another five-star listed as an athlete, Isaiah Williams. Tell us about him. So Williams is a player. I, I love watching his film. Uh, usually four or five players in each class whose film I think is a joy to watch. I think his is one of them in this cycle. Uh, just dynamic. He plays quarterback for his high school team, you know, Trinity Catholic in St. Louis. Uh, but kind of a, an offensive athlete, guy that I would assume would probably be an offensive guy, but could play defensive back too. Um, maybe like a Barrett, really. Uh, probably like just a much faster. Uh, Barrett's a little bit bigger. Williams is just a lot more dynamic, a lot faster, I feel like. Um, and that's not a knock on Barrett. I mean, that's how good Williams is. I think he has like 50 offers or some ridiculous amount. So uh, Michigan actually leads the crystal ball for him right now as well. One kind of major thing to note is that uh, Lovey Smith in Illinois actually just hired his high school coach uh, to an assistant coach position at Illinois. So 
you know, both he and, and Marcus Washington, I know another one that we're going to talk about. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that affects each of their recruitments. Um, I don't necessarily know if it will with those two because they are such highly regarded prospects who have, like, national offers. There might be some other kids at Trinity Catholic who may follow their coach to Illinois, but it definitely kind of threw a little bit of a wrench into those recruitments just because, uh, you know, it's Corey Patterson, the, the guy that went over to Illinois, is, is pretty highly regarded by his kids. And, uh, you know, I think those kids would probably say he's helped put them in the position they are. So, uh, going to be interesting. I think with Williams, I think you got Oklahoma's out there, Ohio State, a lot of the usual suspects. You know, St. Louis area is always kind of interesting because it's kind of in the middle of everything. So, you you usually have some random programs pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Michigan, definitely a school he's high on. I'd say the same with Washington, too. Uh, Washington's consistently named a, kind of a random, in my opinion, top three of Michigan, Missouri, and Iowa State. Um, so, you know, on paper you would think Michigan over those two schools. But, you know, there's a long ways to go with both of these kids. I don't anticipate early decisions. Well, you just mentioned Isaiah Williams' uh, teammate Marcus Washington, uh, four-star wide receiver. Are these guys sort of a package deal possibly? Haven't really. You know, I, I you know, it's funny with Michigan. I think actually Michigan leads the crystal ball for Washington as well. Uh, I haven't, never really got that impression, though. Uh, that being said, this would probably be the time the two kids end up choosing the same school. I mean, you get kids that say they're package deals all the time, and it never happens. Uh, these two, I've never really – they've never mentioned it to me. I don't believe anybody in our network has reported that. But, I mean, they're definitely considering a lot of the same schools. So, uh, but like I said, Illinois, will be, it'll be really interesting. Uh, I have to assume that their head coach was hired – partially for his maybe his ability to recruit uh, Trinity Catholic. I mean, Trinity Catholic is, is loaded. Uh, it's one of the best high school programs in the, I don't know if we call St. Louis the Midwest, but the Plains area or whatever you want to call it. Um, there's probably double digit D one players on that roster. So um, no doubt that them hiring the head coach is partially designed to maybe get some of those kids to come up and play at Illinois. So uh, it'd be really interesting to see how that plays out and develop. Well, another player high on Michigan's list is out of uh, Everett, Massachusetts. He's a four-star safety. Um, not sure how you pronounce that name, Steve, but we're we're big on him too. Yeah, it's Lewis Sign. It's the way I pronounce it. I could be wrong too. For all I know, I, I never uh, actually never asked him. Uh, and uh, but anyway, yeah. So Everett, Massachusetts, uh, a Don Brown stronghold. Uh, very close with the head coach up there. Michigan actually hosted him at the, I believe it was the Sacred Heart Satellite Camp in Connecticut last summer. The same uh, satellite camp that they discovered, uh, tight end signee Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, Sign is a guy who, it's going to be interesting. So he's originally from Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, I kind of have a hunch. This is my hunch here. I, I think this one's going to be maybe a little bit all over the map. Uh, he was interviewed a few weeks ago, mentioned that he hadn't had much communication with Michigan, which really was kind of an exaggeration. I mean, Michigan went and saw him the first day of the, of the winter contact period. They saw him the last day of the winter contact period. I mean, they've, they've recruited him really hard. Uh, Penn State's a school that he's talked a lot, said a lot of good things about. Uh, but I think Michigan's probably right there. Like I said, he's a Florida native too, though, uh, so the Gators have already been in there. But again, this guy, you know, Massachusetts, probably not used to it 
prospect of this caliber. I mean, he's probably going to be – he'll be a top 100 guy throughout. I'm interested to see if he uh, bumps his way up to a five-star in the composite. I believe he's just outside of it right now. Uh, but hard-hitting safety, they, they tested him at cornerback. As you, I think you're going to see that you probably used to it by now, but you know Don Brown's mentioned 100 times that he wants his safeties to be able to cover one-on-one. So at the satellite camp, they – put him out at cornerback instead of safety and just had him cover guys all day. And uh, then they offered him not too long after. So uh, top target, though, for sure. Uh, his film is violent. I mean, he's, he plays a very aggressive brand of football. Uh, I, I think he's, in a lot of ways, is the type of guy that, that Don Brown would love uh, to have at safety. Um, but, again, most of, the, most of the schools in the country – feel the same way. I mean, his offer sheet has exploded over the last three or four months. Well, we know in this uh, class of 2019, offensive line is a need, and we're going to try to stockpile some there. One of the names um, that we're reading about is out of Warwick, Rhode Island, not a state that you associate with Michigan football. (laughs) (laughs) Offensive lineman uh, Xavier Trussin, he's a four-star, Steve. Xavier is this year's what I would call... uh, I don't want to say like rags to riches might not be the right way to put it, but every year there's like one or two guys that go to the uh, Army All-American Combine, which is not the game, but the Combine is underclassmen are invited, uh, and they basically do like a NFL-style workout, you know, different measurables in different categories, you know, like 40-yard dash and, and lateral, like shuffle drills, that type of stuff. And every year there's one or two guys that kind of go from not being known to – exploding uh maybe anyone listening would remember luke ford uh who was a tight end target for michigan last cycle uh great example of another guy who who had like only like one or two offers last year i think he ended the cycle as like the number two ranked tight end in the country trust would fit that category this year so it's kind of interesting he does play at the same high school as current michigan player uh quitty pay so there is a tie there uh again you're talking Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut. That's Don Brown territory. Um, you know, I think Michigan was well aware of Truss. I think the original plan was to maybe visit him this spring and extend the offer, but he performed so well at the Combine uh, that Penn State and Ohio State offered. And I think Michigan's hand was a little bit forced there, and they wanted to make sure they got in before. Not that it was too late, but you don't want to wait too much longer, um, you know, after that. So mm-hmm. kind of a guy I think they had on the back, like a guy they kind of had, you know, like, hey, let's, we'll wait, but we'll still get in first. We just want to go see him this spring or this winter and, you know, maybe make the offer. But then other schools took notice of those combine numbers, and so Michigan had to get in. So, yeah, I'd say Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State right now. I know Penn State leads the crystal ball, but I, I think a lot of those were put in immediately after they offered. I don't think. I don't think the anticipation would be that he'd become such a national recruit, uh, but he's added a ton of offers as well. I mean, Georgia, uh, I want to say Tennessee just offered. You know, so he's got a national profile. So you have two states there, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, who may have like five-star level prospects in it, which is really interesting. And like I said, with Don Brown having such a great relationship with most of the high school programs out in that area, I think that's a positive for Michigan, uh, you know, You'd rather you'd rather be fighting for five stars in those areas than you know where they usually are down in Georgia or Florida or uh, you know Louisiana or whatever. So um, so yeah, trust 
very intriguing prospect, and, and again, a guy who could end the process of a five-star. Well, we talked about uh, the state of Louisiana before, Steve, and how very little luck we've had down there recruiting, but we're throwing our line in the water again. Four-star running back John Emery Jr. He's from Destrehan, Louisiana. You would think uh, he would be an LSU or an SEC, <laughs> but you know, how serious is he about Michigan, do you think? Well, he's serious enough that he actually made an unofficial visit a couple weeks ago, which is rare enough uh you know for a louisiana prospect especially this early in the cycle you know one thing i would take with this one is destrahan is he so he may very well end up at lsu i mean there's no you know denying that that's a real possibility i think lsu i'm sure lsu leads in crystal ball i forgot to check but i'm, I'm assuming they do but destrahan is not the automatic lsu pipeline that a lot of the power programs are in louisiana they're historically their best prospects have gone on to play wherever. I mean, a lot of random, a lot of different programs, a lot of random schools, you know, no real rhyme or reason to it. Um, Emery. Yeah. I think he's like, I think Emery and Crouch are the top two for Michigan at running back right now. Um, I know one name, another one is probably Samson James uh, out of Avon, Indiana, where Brandon Peters played. I think he's another guy that's right up there too. Um, But Emery, you know, it's, it's one of those, things where it's really early right now so i think you'll see michigan make their pushes with some of these elite guys to begin and then you kind of work your way down the board now in 18 i think there is a little bit of a different approach in that you took those shots early and then you felt comfortable in taking some chances on some guys because of how well you did in 16 and 17 which is why i think their class ended up ranked where it was in 19 i think there'd be a little bit more pressure to reel in a few more elite maybe more college ready type guys so um be interesting to see emery really for a top 100 guy doesn't have a ton of offers i don't know if that's because a lot of programs like you said like assume that he's maybe just go to lsu or not uh but again jay harbaugh manning the ship there they've done a great job like i said to get him on campus already on his own dime is a uh, it's rare for a kid from Louisiana, particularly, uh, to come up that early in the process. So, uh, again, long ways to go with all of these guys, but but he's a guy I think we'll be reporting on for a while still. I don't. Michigan's going to keep going with that one for sure. Well, as we're going to be hearing during this cycle, offensive line alignment, that's going to be a huge need and another one we are very high on. Four-star offensive lineman. William Herod from Fort Washington, Maryland. Talk about him, Steve. So Herod's a guy, great little story about him is, uh, you know, when Michigan offered him, he was unranked. He only had like two or three offers. And of course, so you had the negative reaction uh, to, to the offer from kind of the fickle segment of the fan base, you know, wondering why we're recruiting this guy, but not, you know, going after some more, four-star, five-star type guys instead. Uh, We released our new rankings a week and a half ago, and he's just outside the top 100 now and is a clear and uh, very clear four-star prospect. And now everyone seems to want him. So, uh, you know, he's uh, now a top target for Michigan, and those same fans are uh, beating the door down hoping that they get him. Uh, It's always an interesting dynamic there. So uh, I think he's a guy that Michigan's in great shape with early. Uh, Pep Hamilton has kind of been the lead there. Uh, Michigan fans' two favorite assistants, and Hamilton and Drevno are the two guys that are really recruiting him. Uh, 
I think Michigan leads right now. I know Sam Webb for from our 24-7 site, and uh, I think Josh Newkirk both have done like extensive articles on this recruitment already. Uh, the coaching staff at National Christian Academy up there is, is really high on Michigan, and again, Michigan got in really early, so uh, I think that, that plays their advantage. He'll visit sometime this spring, and uh, yeah, Michigan leaves a crystal ball. I think that seven or eight predictions uh, in their favor, they have all they have 100% of the predictions, so uh, he's a guy right now of, of any of their top, top targets. I think he's the one that Michigan is, probably has the best bet with at this point. Um, and again, another guy who's recruitment has taken off like i said nobody you know some fans didn't didn't really want him when he wasn't ranked and now he's really highly ranked so you know everyone's got to get him now so uh funny how that is but uh but yeah a guy that i think michigan is in pretty good shape with right now with us here on our february recruiting roundup is steve lorenz from 24 7 sports steve um there are a few other names i've been reading about and let's talk about them if we if we could starting with Wall Lake Western quarterback Sam Johnson. Now, he is, uh, I have to say, a new name to me, Steve. Did he just pop up on the radar? No, actually. To be, it'd be a funny thing about Sam Johnson, it, from from my standpoint, as someone who covers recruiting, it's almost the opposite. Uh, Sam is a name who's really been around since he was in eighth grade. Um, you know, as a kid, he we originally played at Southfield, was kind of looked at as potentially like the next big the next big quarterback in state uh, when he was in seventh or eighth grade. I mean, he went to all the camps. I think he was, I think he grew pretty quickly. So he was already a little bit like tall, tall, already had the tall lanky frame. Um, and, you know, so leading to a pretty solid arm for a kid, his age, uh, I'd say his recruitment and his, the hype kind of leveled off a little bit uh, as he kind of went through his like freshman, sophomore years mm-hmm. uh, into his junior year at Wald Lake. Uh, but a guy Here's the thing. So we know what happened with Kevin Doyle, uh, who ended up signing with Arizona. I think it's pretty clear now that maybe 19 will be the cycle uh, that Michigan will take two quarterbacks. Uh, whatever happened with whatever happened with Doyle, I don't know if that was expected per se. I know the last time you and I talked, there was the mention of prep school, that type of stuff. Um, I think the fact that Michigan felt comfortable enough to – it was more of a Michigan end thing than a Doyle end thing. So the fact that Michigan felt comfortable to – go that route with Doyle uh, definitely led me to believe a few things could be one they really really still they love Joe Milton I mean he was already on campus so they already at least have some indication of what they have there uh, maybe they felt comfortable in that regard and, and two uh, good enough to maybe take two quarterbacks in the 19 cycle inside of the 18 cycle so because I don't believe if you know Johnson looks like a kid they're going to move forward with uh, he's another one Michigan leads the crystal ball for I'd say if they take him I think it's probably a good safe bet that they're going to take two in 2019 so uh but yeah not really a kid necessarily who just popped onto the radar he may have just popped onto michigan's radar uh but a kid i've known about for years uh just it was it's been interesting it was interesting uh that michigan came through with the offer it was harbaugh that was on uh, was at Waldley western and extended that offer so uh but yeah i think he's uh he's really well liked around the state by a lot of the top prospects uh, I think he would have an effect on Michigan's in-state recruiting if he was to commit to the Wolverines. So, um, but intriguing prospect. I mean, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of intangibles. He's got a lot of great physical tools too. Uh, you know, Harbaugh watched him throw live, and uh, felt comfortable enough to go through the offer. Well, another kid, and I think he's visiting soon or has visited, is six-seven Adam Berghorst. He's from Zealand, over on the west side of the state. 
He's a four-star kid, isn't he, Steve? I think we have him as a three. I don't know what Rivals has him at. Uh, I do think he's eventually a four-star, though. Uh, I think he and then uh, Carson Barnhart out of Paw Paw are two in-state guys that I think will eventually end the, end the process as four-star guys. Uh, Berghorst, I know Alan Triu, our regional analyst, uh, really compares him heavily to Ryan Hayes, the uh, Traverse City West four-star that Michigan just signed uh, as, a, as a guy who, you know, has a lot of weight to put on his frame, but has like that the super long arms, very athletic for his size, um, just more of a high ceiling guy who could really turn into something uh, after a couple of years in the college program. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens in this one. And the funny thing is, is like Hayes, he wants to play baseball as well in college. I know Michigan State has offered him offered him to play in both sports. Michigan, I'm not sure if they've offered him baseball yet, but I anticipate that it'll eventually be the case. I mean, that's what they did with Hayes. I mean, they, they told Hayes he could try out for the baseball team, do whatever. So I can't imagine it be any different here. So, uh, yeah, there's a few in-state races, though. That you know, Michigan just made a flurry of those offers. Johnson was one of them uh, the last few weeks or so. That you know, I think they're going to make a bigger in-state push than they did in 2018. Um, you know, if you looked at the crystal ball for almost all these guys, I think Michigan State leads in a lot of them. But I think it's really just because Michigan State offered earlier, and you know, they're little. It's it's never a for sure thing that Michigan is going to offer some of these guys. So you know, I think that's why the crystal ball is favoring Michigan State in so many of these in-state races. Uh, but I anticipate the ones that Michigan really, really wants, uh, they'll at least make it a race with these guys, if not maybe overtake the Spartan. Well, another player we're paying some attention to, and it's right here in Metro Detroit, so an in-state kid is uh, Devontae Dobbs uh, out of Belleville High School. And I think uh, we've been hearing a lot that you know he wasn't interested uh, in Michigan, but Harbaugh and staff are back in on him. Is he starting to maybe warm towards Michigan now? I think a little bit. Uh, yeah, this and the Julian Barnett. I mean, I've been there was a stretch last summer where I mean, I was getting a question on one of those two kids like literally every single day. I would say Dobbs is a, is a definite Michigan State lean at this point. Uh, Barnett has already verbally committed to Michigan State. Uh, the two of those, those two are pretty close. Again, I don't, not necessarily a package deal type thing. I do think though that Michigan has made some headway with Dobbs. I know they've been trying. Uh, they put Pep Hamilton at Belleville uh, as the primary there, which I thought was pretty interesting. You know, given I think he's, if I was being honest, I think to this point he's had less than a stellar recruiting acumen. Um, a lot of the guys that come over from the NFL, that's kind of the way it is, though they're not into the whole recruiting thing but it's so important um you know and we this cycle already we've heard his probably reported and heard his name more this cycle than we did all of 18 uh which you know people can take what they want out of that uh but he's running point now with Dobbs and the kids at Belleville and uh I think he's made some some real strides there will it be enough I don't know I mean it's again it's December at the earliest until some of these kids can sign so uh, I suppose it depends on, you know, how each team performs on the field. Uh, you know, there's the whole thing going on in East Lansing, too. We don't want to get into that. But, again, it, it could be something that affects recruiting at some point, depending on what happens. Um, but I I think Michigan's still got a ways to go there. But I would say, yeah, I mean, if you go two or three months back, I mean, they're 
they're much in much better light and a much better spot than they were. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, that's, I feel like those, you know, but the Dawson Barnett, I feel like that's been like going on for three years at this point, even though it hasn't, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a top 100 player in my opinion. Uh, he's definitely a guard. I think too, I'd be surprised if he plays tackle at the college level. Uh, very good player played hurt for a lot of last year and at some of the camps. So I don't think he really showed what he's truly capable of. Um, but yeah, I mean, Belleville's right in Ann Arbor, right in the backyard there. I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be a school where, uh, you know, Michigan's going to be hoping to reverse course a little bit and, uh, you know, turn things around a little bit. They did at Detroit King, you know, when mm-hmm. three or four years ago, you know, Detroit King was like a lost cause for Michigan. And then they, they completely flipped the script at that school. And, and now, probably are better positioned with most kids at King than uh, the Michigan, you know, it used to be a, you know, you go to King, you go to Michigan State. So, you know, they did it there. There's no reason to think that they couldn't do it at Belleville as well. I've also been reading Michigan's talking to a Wisconsin commit. He's another in-state kid from Grand Rapids, four-star offensive lineman, Logan Brown. Is he new on the Michigan radar, though? Brown's been around for a while. Uh, for my money, I think Brown's the number one player in the state. I think he's prototypical like left tackle uh just his ceiling is through the roof as i think it was that michael jordan who said that the ceiling is the roof type comment um he's just got a lot of upside really really high high level prospect uh michigan I, this is my opinion again sometimes it comes off as excusey but i just think michigan caught a bad break in that recruitment because wisconsin happened to offer him first uh they actually offered him like really really early uh even by what like wisconsin's they recruit very conservatively they're not they don't throw out a ton of offers they don't usually throw them out very early either they offered him like really really early and were able to get him on campus for a camp uh he loved it out there uh, that's really where it all started i know michigan uh got in uh, they're not going to stop though i mean he's a he's he's a kid you have to recruit uh all the way to the end no matter you know whoever he's committed to uh so I, I no indication that he's, you know, would consider flipping from Wisconsin. You look at how easy their schedule is again next year. You've got to assume they're going to win 10 or 11 games. So it's not like a, you know, I don't think the, you know what I mean? The on-field mm-hmm. performance isn't going to be a negative for Wisconsin either. So, you know, it just really comes down to whether or not Michigan can kind of wiggle their way in and get them thinking a little bit. Uh, you know, Mozzie Smith, a defensive tackle teammate, is is another top 150 kid at East County. East County's got two like big time prospects this year and uh, they're working Smith hard. I think he's their top target at the defensive tackle if I was guessing. Uh, I think Michigan's hopes are that they can get Smith on board at some point and then maybe you know try to work Brown go from there and work Brown you know so we'll see if that works or if they you know can even get Smith. I know Notre Dame is really big with Smith too so uh, but yeah, Logan Brown, like I said, probably the number one prospect in the state, in my opinion, seems 100% solid to Wisconsin, though. Uh, but Michigan's definitely not going to stop trying. Well, final question for you, Steve. Um, Jim made staff changes uh, in the offseason, as we know. A lot of people think he wanted some guys that, that were dogged recruiters uh, in the mix on the staff. Have you noticed a change in the way we're recruiting with these new staffers? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Al Washington, Sharon Moore, in my opinion, two home uh, from a recruiting standpoint 
you know, a lot of recruiting is just passion for recruiting. Um, you know, like when Michigan hired Chris Partridge, you know, right out of high school, mm-hmm. I don't think you could say, you know, like Chris Partridge wasn't going to walk on to, in Ann Arbor and immediately be like a A plus position coach, right? Um, not saying he couldn't be a good position coach, but it's you know he was hired for his recruiting ability, and he's done that, and he's done it again like through aggressiveness, passion, just an ability to connect with kids. I think Washington and Moore are both the same types. I'm really interested with Washington. Um, he's the point guy in Ohio. I mean, Greg Madison does some work in Ohio too. Uh, but Washington's pretty much going to be the primary for most of the kids that are recruiting in Ohio. Really interested to see if he can maybe steal one, uh, you know, in this this next cycle. Uh, there's, I think they've offered like nine or ten guys out of Ohio this year, which actually is about average. I don't know if they'll offer more. There are a few guys I think that could get offers. Uh, but, you know, I'm, that's what I'm interested in. You know, it's kind of been perceived that Michigan hasn't been too aggressive in Ohio, but but really they've offered about the same amount of kids every cycle there. It's just that you know, the Buckeyes have such a stronghold on the top, top guys there. It's just, it's difficult for, you know, it's difficult for anybody. It's not just a Michigan thing. I mean, it's just difficult for anybody to get in with some of these kids when, you know, like this year, the I think the number two player in Ohio, you know, was born and raised in like a kind of a very rural area in central Ohio. It's like, there's no chance for Michigan to get that kid, you know, if Ohio State wants him. And so the kid doesn't, wouldn't even know any better, you know? So, um, <laughs> So, you know, so it's like, so there's that they have to battle. But I do think Al Washington is a guy that, that will give them some chances and some races they may not have been in before in Ohio. So, um, and then Moore is, uh, I believe, is going to be the guy in Detroit, too. Uh, like I said, I know Pat Hamilton's at Belleville. I mean, there's, there's a lot of the coaches are around in state, obviously, but he's going to kind of be the primary guy uh, at most of the big programs in Detroit and uh, up, at, up in Flint and those areas. So, both are like so both were great hires and both have been put in really important positions uh i'm really interested to see how it pays off but like i said half of the battle in recruiting is just staying on it being aggressive and just being very passionate about it uh, again partridge phone national recruiter of the year in 2017 i mean that's it to me it's an effort-based thing you know michigan can sell it off to a lot of kids but you also want people that are going to put in the effort you know put in the time and learn how to connect, you know, with these parents, with the kids and their families and their, and their high school coaches. So um, it's something they needed to hire a couple aggressive recruiters, a couple of recruiting minded hires. I think they made two really good ones in, in Washington and more. I mean, you know, we'll see who the 10th assistant is. I mean, it's kind of up in the air right now. If it was me, I would still go the recruiter route. I, you know, I, I think the more elite recruiters or the more aggressive, good recruiters you have on staff, the, battery you're going to recruit. I mean, it's kind of simple. Uh, but, you know, there's kind of been that mix of mixing recruiters and then bringing in NFL guys who, you know, just aren't as invested in the recruiting side of things. You know, like the Brian Smiths or the Greg Jacksons. Like, neither of those guys were very aggressive on the recruiting trail at all. Both good coaches, uh, but there's, I guess the best way I'd say it is there are a lot of guys out there who can be really good coaches but can be really good recruiters too. So, uh, be interesting to see what ends up happening with that tenth, and, and whether or not it's a a guy that'll recruit at a high level, or if it's more of a, the NFL type. Well, as we all know, recruiting is the lifeblood of any program, and we are well into the class of 2019. Names will be popping up every day, every week. 
So next month, we'll get you back, Steve, talk about what's going on, what's uh, changed. So as always, thanks for your time, Steve. Good stuff, and we look forward to our March visit. Thanks a lot, Mike. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, once again, it's a big week for Michigan men's basketball. Iowa at home on Wednesday and Ohio State at Chrysler on Sunday for the home finale on national TV. Win both of those, and we have a good chance to move up from what is thought to be a 7th or 8th seed in the NCAAs. Lose both? Don't even want to think about that. Then we would be sweating bullets come tournament selection Sunday. Same for the women. We're on the road to play a pesky Minnesota team on Wednesday, and then next week the final regular season game when Maryland visits Chrysler. They really need to get both of these last two games and make a nice run in the Big Ten tournament. Coach Barnes' Rico squad enters this final stretch with a 20-7 overall record, 9-5 in the Big Ten. It was a huge weekend for Michigan wrestling. They beat Michigan State at home on Friday, but fell to number 2 ranked Ohio State on Sunday at home, 18-15. All anyone wanted to talk about, though, was the heavyweight matchup of Adam Kuhn against Olympic gold medalist Kyle Snyder of Ohio State. Kuhn prevailed 3-1 and became the first wrestler to beat Snyder since 2015. Michigan wraps up the regular season this weekend when Central Michigan visits Ann Arbor. The Big Ten tournament will get underway in East Lansing on March 3rd, and we are now 10-3 overall, 7-2 in the Big Ten. Softball got the season underway over the weekend down in Tampa at the Wilson D. Marini Tournament. On Friday, they shut out UAB 7-0 and Georgia State 8-0. Saturday was a different story. Number two, Florida only managed one hit out of the infield, but that single drove in two runs, and that's all they needed in a 2-0 win. Host Central Florida hung on to win the nightcap 3-2. On Sunday, Michigan beat Illinois State 6-1 to come away with a 3-2 record after the first weekend of the season. Freshman pitcher Megan Bobian recorded a no-hitter in her first appearance on Friday and was more than good enough to win against Florida on Saturday and came back Sunday to give us six strong innings of two-hit pitching. They'll be back down in Florida this weekend for the Big Ten ACC Challenge, opening with Notre Dame on Friday, then on Saturday Notre Dame and Florida State, and then one more with the Seminoles on Sunday. The men will get things underway this weekend in St. Petersburg in a four-game set with Army. Don't forget our free show apps are available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. If you get the show from iTunes, please... Take a minute to rate or comment on the program. Thank you in advance. That will do it for another week. Next week, we'll be back to talking Michigan hoops and hope to have beat writer James Hawkins from the Detroit News join us. So until then, I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. 
The Michigan Man podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!